Hello, wherever and whenever you are, and welcome back to Sticking Points, that crazy little podcast where we smash creativity into financial planning and see what ends up on the virtual floor. And you're joined by your hosts Me? for today's episode. Yes, who are you? Me. I'm just, before I decide who I am, um, what did you mean by creativity? Creativity, what did you say? Yeah, voice went for a loop. <laughs> um, yeah, my name's Jason. I am financial coach from Johannesburg, South Africa, and you are? David, the creativity activator from the Netherlands. So what I want to talk about today is technology and the rate of change in society. Because all technology has a side effect of changing the business model that exists in the environment that it enters. So blockchain is changing okay. the way the financial world works. Social media changed the way the media world works. Smartphones changed the way communications world works. What are we doing to change the way we do things to leverage these things are we doing enough or do we need to change the way we're thinking and approaching technology so that we can get different effects out of it so i'm hearing a common theme mm. is change happens yeah you can't stop that so change happens and the question is how do you look at change because with technology with blockchain, um, with social media, there's pros and cons to both sides. And really, it's how do you embrace what, what, what it's there for? Because it's the same as money, really. Money is a conduit to exchange. And as you rightly said earlier on social media and technology and, and um, all of that is really a conduit to your life so so you can engage with social media you can engage with technology use technology to improve your business systems to improve the way that efficiencies are uh, your outputs and, and things like that um, so really it's it's a conduit yeah and it's how you approach that in my mind the important part. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to this to this idea that I read about recently that, you know, by and large, we still see the world in a Newtonian way. In other words, that these things exist and the things exist separate and entire from each other, and that you can act on a thing in isolation and it won't impact on other things. Whereas the sort of quantum physics way of looking at the world is that everything is is uh, entangled on some level and you cannot act on any one thing without impacting everything else in the system you know so it's it's like that idea that a butterfly flaps its wings yeah. andromeda and when we get a tidal wave here on earth um and I, I i really i often think that we kind of sit in our little silo as human beings pointing the finger at technology for making for example you know the youth oh my goodness me but we as human beings are entangled with our technology and as we want a different result, we need to change what we're putting in and what we're bringing to the party. I can't help wondering if 
This has to do with a human beings looking for certainty. Where there is so, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the, a good point. Yeah. Because what is the point? The point of technology is to generate certain results. So if we do this, then this is what's going to happen. And again, looking at the interrelationship between things, if you impact on one thing, does it have an impact on everything else or is everything in silos? Or what is the end result that you're looking for? You're looking for a predictive outcome, regardless, the regardless, of the, regardless of the input. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to our discussion about finite and infinite games, right? If exactly. You, if you're attached to certainty, you're trying to win. You're trying to get that thing, that certainty. That whereas, instead of just being in it, to, to be able to stay in it, to continue yeah. to grow and to change. Yeah. So, yeah. I've just got an interesting little quote that's popped up on my screen. Uh, I'd like I'd like to read it, and this time I can't pronounce her surname, but I know who, who said it last week. I didn't know what, where the studies came from. So it's from a, I think she's a Buddhist. Her name is Pema Chodron. Okay. She says, all around us, the wind, the fire, the earth, and the water are always taking on different qualities. We also change like the weather. We ebb, we flow like the tides. We wax, we wane like the moon. And we fail to see that like the weather, we are fluid, not solid. And so we suffer. <laughs> if we learn, listen to the, if we learn to sit like a mountain in a hurricane, then we are not in this, uh, we are not in this separate being who has to have things turn out our way. When we stop resisting, and let the weather simply flow through us, we can live lives completely. The thing about viewing stuff as being discrete and controllable is that then you always have to be in control. Of what? Of the things. And so when you let that go, yes. then and just allow things to be, then you can also just be. And then exactly. You and and it's not, it doesn't mean you're sitting back and doing nothing. No, it means you are taking action. You do take action, but right. the outcome is never predictable. No, um, and the way our world currently works is predicated on control. Yes, hundred percent. Because we think that we are in control. We think that um, technology is helping us control things. We think that um, this is we getting exposed to hundreds and thousands of adverts a day. Um, telling us how we should live our lives. So if you buy these things, then this is what's going to make you happy. And you say, all right, well, there's the control you are giving to those things to create the happiness for you, as opposed to saying, well, those things aren't going to make me happy or not happy. It's really the controls really within you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I wonder if, you know, where is that being taught? Where is that being shared with young people? with people who are now stepping into this technological world from day one. It is a different world. It, uh, that's what blows my mind. And I'm not sure how to answer that. I mean, there isn't one. Is it being taught? I, not that I'm aware of. You know, I think the younger generations are better at navigating the digital morass than people of our age. But I'm not sure that the approach that they are educated with has changed because we like as a society we haven't changed we're still 
we've still got this industrial age vision of one widget leads to another and you put it all in a nice straight stripe and it leads to a thing which is then has a value because you can then do this with it um which is a very uh winner takes all perspective when we are especially now under the pandemic we're really beginning to see that actually winner takes all perspectives result in poor countries not getting vaccinations having huge death rates while the rich companies are all vaccinated um we need to have a win-win approach to technology because it's the only way that everyone will gain sooner or later um, the digital divide is going to destroy what we call society by just separating the haves from the have-nots if we don't change the way we tackle it see i'm almost thinking that uh it depends on how you approach it so that yes there's the other, there's the other side of the coin to that as well where the digital um, environment is going to actually bring people closer together um yeah, but we've got to we've got to now approach it in, with the assumption that it can, and I don't think that's happening right now. I'm not sure that it is either. I'm not sure how to actually have this conversation really around um, what we should or shouldn't be doing. All I do know is that um, using technology as a tool, as opposed as opposed to a lifeline, makes a big difference. And what I mean by a lifeline is try living your life through technology as opposed to using technology to enhance the life that you have. Ah, oh, that's a nice distinction. Yeah, I like that. And then you have a look at the kids of today and especially, I mean, I do have two teenage kids. Um, their lives are completely different to mine in that, um, yes, they do communicate with all their friends on a regular basis on on uh, on their on their phones and they see them and it's almost like face-to-face -face conversations but it's not my son's managed to make friends with people all around the world and me growing up i was never which was never really on the cards so it is a completely different world that they're growing up in having said that they're more addicted to their phones than i am and i keep keep having that argument well let's take your technology away they can't cope yeah. so yeah how do you i don't know i'm just not sure where yeah well I, where I the good and bad is yeah if i'm going to stick to my guns i have to say that there isn't an answer because that would be too much of a distinct thing there isn't um, but I do, I do know that the biggest problem for me with screen addiction is that it um it prohibits diversity of point of view and of thought yeah because of the algorithms that drive uh, search engines and social content you know they're literally only showing you what the algorithm has learned you want to see so you never really see anything new or anything challenging and that you get funneled yeah you get funneled before you even know it you're being funneled because the objective <laughs> of the algorithm is to make money for the person who owns the website and the means to earning that money is your attention yes exactly is, if, if if you're not if you're not paying for something online, you're the product is the is the adage. <laughs> so I'm curious, your original question was you thinking about technology and change and how we need to rethink our systems. Yeah, I guess what's emerged from this conversation is that I think at the moment as a society, we're leaning on technology to provide the impetus for change instead of looking at ourselves. But that's always that's always the case. Yeah, I think technology does a great um, plays a great role as an icebreaker for change. Yes, 
Um, but I, I fear that we're leaving it there <laughs> on mass. We're relying too much on it. And we do the same thing with money. We rely on money as a means, as a means of happiness or a means of power or a means of social status, as opposed to actually looking at yourself and saying, well, this is me and I don't really need that. So how would you rethink the system? Would, slow down, slow down and, 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 and be yourself. Well, I would rethink education first and foremost. Um, that would that would be you know that would be my first stop without a shadow of a doubt. Education for all can't just be the kids. Yeah, the, the way we do it, what we do, this notion that you know you need to leave school or university uh, with a specialist qualification in a certain content, but a lot of people who finish the education are still not capable of in-depth thought. Their thinking skills are not evolved beyond. They've been funneled. Required to make, yeah, they've been funneled. <laughs> That's what I'd change. Okay. What are you going to change? I'm not going to stop having these kinds of conversations. <laughs> sure. Anyway, I think it really is a fascinating conversation, something to really think about because. We need to let go of the attachments and the attachments to technology Let go of the attachments of control. We don't, we're not in control. We're in control of ourselves to a point. Um, and how do, and then how do we do that? And for me, it's really just to take a step back, a deep breath and relax. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. That's what fell on the floor this week. We'll see you again. Uh, <laughs> next time. Thanks, Jason. Cool, Dave. Thanks. Eh? Have a good one.